Yo, what's up? This is Japan Nick. Uh, got a couple of members from the uh, South Jersey death metal band Atrophia with me. This is Japan Nick on WMSC 90.3, hanging out with the uh, members of Atrophia tonight. Who do I got with me? Uh, me, John Dunn from Atrophia, and I'm, I do vocals. This is Dan from Atrophia, play bass. And uh, Ciro, the manager. We have two more members that couldn't be with us. Chris, our guitarist, and uh, we are currently drummerless. Okay, excellent. Now, could each of you tell me some important albums for each of you guys that led you to become a member of Atrophia? I'd have to say uh, Slayer's Hell Awaits really got me in the metal when I was, when I was a kid. Uh, At the Gates, Terminal Spear Disease, it's one of my favorites. Also, Arch Enemy, Wages of Sin. One of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, I would say I was a latecomer to the metal scene, so I sort of hopped in when Dead to Fall was cool. Uh, Villainy and Virtue by then was awesome. I was really into uh, Malice by Through the Eyes of the Dead. The vocals on that are unbelievable. Um, and also, you know, Between the Buried and Me, Alaska was the first album of theirs that I picked up, and I was blown away. So. Oh, and uh, for me, I would go with. Uh Black Dahlia Murders, uh, first couple albums, uh, Jaffro Cowboy, and uh, Old School Exhumed. What are some notable bands that uh, you have shared the stage with besides, say, Lich King and Warbringer, and as well as Jungle Raw and Condition Critical? I'd have to say there's, you know, we play with pretty some pretty big bands over the years. Well, since me and John been in it. I mean, starting with Dark Tranquility, Exhumed, Vital Remains, Goat Whore, Satyricon, The Absence. Thonic, Burning the Masses, Devourment, Cattle Decapitation, Sons of Aurelius, Havoc, Misery Signals. I mean, the list goes on and on. Now, Ciro, what were some uh, albums uh, that just inspired you to become a, a Trophy's manager? Uh, well, I start, Well, I actually wasn't into metal at first, and uh, the guitarist Chris, he sent me a Cannibal Corpse video mm-hmm. of uh, Hammer Smash Face, and ever since then... Just kind of took off with it. I see. Now, how did you end up making the acquaintance of uh, the band Atrophia? Uh, well, me and Chris, the guitarist, uh, we both graduated the same year. Uh, I met him sophomore year, mm-hmm. and uh, I would say in junior year, he uh, told me he was going to start a band or whatever, and I was like, all right, I'll try, see what I can do. But And I kind of just went with it, and mm-hmm. ever since then, still you know, keeping it strong. Are you managing other bands besides Atrophia, or is this like an exclusive thing for you? Uh, for right now, just just Atrophia. Uh, focus on one project at a time, but I'm always uh, uh, open to helping other bands out, though. The member of your band with the most tenure, Chris, he's on vacation for a few months, and the second oldest member of your band, Sam, the drummer, is no longer a member of Atrophia anymore. What would you see as the number one priority for Atrophia at this moment? Well, I mean, you said it right there. We are on the hunt for a new drummer. So Sam was uh, played his last show with us at the beginning of April. It was a going away for a show for Chris. So we got to get him uh, replaced, which is not an easy task. Uh, but once we, once we find him, then we're really going to be ready to roll. What kinds of things are you looking for in a new drummer? <laughs> speed <Yeah. laughs> is number one. Definitely speed. I have to say... Uh, Recording well in the studio is a, is a must. Yeah, so speed and stamina, you got to have a little bit of that. So, 
it, it's it's not easy finding a death metal drummer who's up to the task. Don't get uh, me wrong, Sam is a hell of a drummer. I absolutely, mean, that's why he's so hard to incredible. replace. What are some of uh, drummers from uh, some of your favorite bands that like? If you could just like kidnap them and force them to play for a trophy, who? What are some guys you you pick? Uh, Shannon Lucas from uh, Black Die Murder. Uh, John Rice from uh, Jaffer Cowboy. What about uh, Jesse? In- Inferno from uh, uh, Behemoth. And uh, Jesse from Jungle Rot. Heck yeah. That'd be, that'd be cool, right? <laughs> Got to give him a shout out. I was thinking of uh, playing your song Forced right now. Can you give me a few words about that? <laughs> All right, sure. So this is a song that's it's one of our newer ones, Forced Incestual Gangbang. It's actually a true story. It's <laughs> no, no, it's not true at all. It's not true at all. But uh, it is hilarious. It's about a pizza guy who comes to his favorite house to deliver a pizza to his favorite family and uh, gets so excited when that perfect family answers the door that he forces them all to sodomize each other. By playing a game of Simon Says. <laughs> It's good to know. It's good to have family values. Now, anyways, here's Forced Incestual Gangbang by Atrophia. Forced Incestual Gangbang by Atrophia off their upcoming EP, Bottled Abomination. Now, anyways, guys, what are some goals you have to, you hope to accomplish by the time you have a new drummer and Chris gets back from his vacation? Uh, to, uh, base, well, definitely have a drummer. That's for one. <laughs> I'd say, uh, by the time Chris gets back, we, you know, want to set up a mini tour, maybe like a week or so, just to, you know, release a new album. Mm-hmm. Get some hype going, you know. That's it, yeah. Maybe some new merch designs. I mean, pretty basic band things we do. I mean, finish the EP, get on tour, have something ready to go when he's back. We want to have a, a drummer ready to go when he comes back in the fall. That would be supreme. What kinds of things are you guys doing to try and, like, find a new drummer? 
we're we're using mostly social media outlets. Yeah. Facebook is number one, and there's just really no way around that. And there's no better way to get word out anymore, especially when you need to reach such a uh, a narrow subgroup of the population. <laughs> Death metal fans are hard to come by. When uh, you can get them all together on Facebook, though. Especially drummers of Sam's caliber or better. Yes. I mean, they're like a diamond in the rough. They don't come along every day. Now, how far away would you be accepting of a drummer? Like, let's say from another state or, like, another county or something like that. Well, uh, basically it depends on if they're willing to travel down here to practice with us. I mean, we used to have a vocalist that was from uh, South Brunswick. I mean, that's pretty far. 45-minute ride. Normally, our members are from right around the same area, so mm-hmm. yeah. pretty much depends on them. Your upcoming EP, it's called Bottled Abomination. I take it there's a real relentless aggression to the songs on it. Please tell me about the songs that will that you'll feature on, the, on this EP. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, so we're going to start the song off with uh, two songs about poop mm-hmm. and a person of the clergy who gets covered in it and comes back as a poop mummy and uh so we start off with the light songs Mm -hmm. and then uh we follow that one up with uh next next song uh after entombment and exhumed which are uh sequel those are the pc versions of those titles pc versions (laughs) we have the one you just heard for sensational gangbang which you already know what's about and then we followed up with uh, Lusting for the Soft Spot, yeah. which we also have on us. But it is about wanting to perform sexual acts to a baby's skull. Mm. Can't get much more violent than that, can you? <laughs> It'll take a little bit of brainstorming for that one. <laughs> 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 what other songs you got? Or I mean, how many songs you got on this EP, though? Oh, the whole thing's just four songs, real short. We're trying short to keep it uh, to exactly. We wanted to use our new, uh, best new material exclusively, the newest members. and we had to keep it cheap too because we're not exactly rolling in it. <laughs> <laughs> Got that right. We didn't bring the horizon or anything. We got the dough. That's right. Now, you guys played the uh, Long Island Death Fest some time ago. Can you tell me how you got a spot on that fest, as well as what it was like? That's all zero. Uh, well. It's pretty much, it was simple. I just uh, messaged the uh, fa- uh, MySpace page at the time. They gave us a slot. We only played 15 minutes, which it was kind of kind of sucked. But uh, we drove about three and a half hours, played 15 minutes. The crowd was pretty good for what was there. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how that went. Now, dudes, a lot of your music's lyrics are pretty foul and putrid. Explain how you come up with these lyrics, like for songs like Forced Incestual Gangbang and Deep Throat Tracheotomy. <laughs> uh, it's a big, it's a band process. We all pretty much like to write lyrics together. It's a, uh, you know, we'll get some beers, we'll all sit in the basement, hanging out with our instruments, and we'll just brainstorm on the most grotesque, effed up things that we can think of. Yeah, we right re- we really have a good time doing it too. Oh, absolutely. We, we try and uh, be as ridiculous as possible with it's the lyrics. Yeah, it, I mean, it's all. This is just our sense of humor. It's completely completely backed up or backwards and screwed up but i kind of just sit there and just shake my head and I'm like whatever that's what you guys want to sing about when when chris john and i get together to write lyrics it's just it's insane how foul can we make this song 
<laughs> and they're usually pretty foul. Yeah, it's pretty raunchy. But I like it. So we have a good time. Interesting, guys. Now, um, what would you say is, like, the craziest, most messed up song that you wrote? <laughs> uh, I'd have to say lusting for the soft spots up there. I mean, yeah. can't get much worse than... Uh, yeah, that's a really screwed one up song. To, uh, it's, it's pretty... <laughs> it's pretty rough. Bang a baby skull. Yeah, it's all about, you know, getting it all up in that fontanelle. I mean, we have sweet, sweet fontanelle. We have songs ranging all over a bunch of different categories yeah. from the well, Holocaust exactly. to... Yeah, you got to have a metal Street Sharks. Street Sharks, That's yeah. That's right. I guess the Street Sharks not that gross, though. It's nah. just badass. We do have one about... Uh, it's called Inf- Infested Impregnation. It's about a... Uh, woman having a baby that uh, maggots are coming out with the afterbirth. Oh, it's Satan. She gets knocked up by, by the spawn of Satan. In her dream. In her dream, but then maggots actually burst from her uterus in real life. When she wakes up. That yeah. was actually written before I was in the band, so it's, it's good. <laughs> that uh, makes sense. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that was a true story, though, right, guys? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We, I mean, we, we're purely biographical bands. We don't write songs that are not true. No way. Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> now, what are three goals that you hope to complete by June 2013? June 2013. Oh, well, okay. Well, number one is we'd, we'd like to become part of a, uh, well, we'd like to become part of a, a record label. Um, we're actually, we were in talks with a particular record label uh, up until the point where Sam left. <laughs> so that, that sort of screwed that whole thing up a little bit. But um, I'd say that's that would be a big goal uh, for us for the next coming yeah, years. Yeah, definitely. Uh, once the EP's out, go back to the studio, finish the rest of our songs, maybe have a full length out by that time once uh, we get our name out there. And I guess... A tour as well. I'd love to have Play some lots books. of shows. Yeah, heck yeah, lots of shows. Bring it lots. on. And I want shows as far out as we can drive. I want to reach as many people as, as I can. Now, on that note, why don't we listen to um, a song from Job for a Cowboy. Now, what were you guys recommending? It was, it was the third track on there, Altered. And oh. uh, a quick story behind that one was our guitarist, Chris, was actually part of the video shoot for the video for this song. So, yeah, he uh, was running around in the pit, acting like a goon. Yeah, he's a goon. <laughs> a total goon. But, so, you know, it's, it just touches us. It's a very personal song. I love Ballad. Shout out to Nicole Batita. She posted the link on Facebook. Now, on that note, have you guys um, thought in any way about getting the opening slot on uh, the 2013 Maryland Death Fest? <laughs> Awesome. Are, you, are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, that would be fantastic. Unbeatable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no problem. So it's, it's no metal band doesn't want that. It's just a dream. Yeah, it's the biggest death metal fest there is. I mean, like, there'd be huge exposure mm-hmm. and bragging rights. You get everything out of that. <coughs> Excuse now, me. you also got a... Uh, a song featured on the Total Deathcore compilation. How do you pull that one off? Oh, okay. So Total Deathcore, you know, it's a metal blog out there. And I was lucky enough to get some of my graphic work 
in front of Mike, the guy who runs the, the blog. Real good guy. And uh, so he dug my artwork, and I said, cool, I'll keep doing artwork for you, but uh, you should post my band. And so he checked us out, and he said we were, we were cool. And he threw uh, our first song that we released on the EP up on, uh, up on the Total Deathcore Facebook. And uh, I believe he'll be doing a review of the EP once that's released as well. So, yeah, we were lucky. I was, uh, just started a, a real nice relationship with, with Mike over there at Total Deathcore. He does good stuff. Now, speaking of your EP, when do you expect this to actually have, like, uh, CDRs in your hand to sell to, sell to uh, your fans at shows? Well, we were actually planning on uh, signing to that label, and he was they were really going to help us with it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're kind of at a stalemate right now, I say. I guess you would say, with uh, trying to find a drummer. And we're actually... Uh, on the last song we're about to finish the last song mixing and mastering and uh, probably within the next month but then it's just tweaking here and there but Mm -hmm. I I think we're going to wait till we can actually put it out with a CD release show Mm -hmm. when we get a new drummer and get you know time practicing with them and everything yeah yeah so we're going to have the album released before we get physical CDs pressed Um, we're going to wait until Chris is back to get to get that done completely and uh, so, you know, now that we're not we're not in cahoots with uh, with the label, we're gonna be doing a small run of CDs uh, independently. Mm. So there'll be a few floating around out there, but I expect that most of our exposure is gonna be online through digital media. I see. Now, um, when you're at shows, what kind of tricks do uh, does your singer have for riling up a crowd in a new club you've never played before? <laughs> I got to take this one, John. Yeah. <laughs> it's the easiest job in the world, man. All I have to do is describe exactly what we're about to do a song about. You know, that's yeah, that, all that it gets takes. enough looks yeah, as it I don't, is. I don't have to insult anybody. Everybody gets offended anyway, and then we just <laughs> blast their brains out. It's it's a wonderful thing. No, it's it's, it's seriously, times. yeah, just a quick intro to the song. Hey, this one's about the Holocaust. <laughs> Everybody turns their head and then, uh, Walks you know, away. <laughs> we've had a few people walk out. This one's Doesn't about this often. one's about a priest that is soon to meet his poop death. That's right. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's good. You, you don't get to talk to mass mass uh, people uh, masses of people about poop all that often, but you got to savor those moments. It's, it's the little things. The thing about that is, I mean, when we're being that grotesque and funny, people remember that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's what we're going for. If you guys got banned from the tri-state area, where would you relocate your band to, assuming you were given a blank check for travel expenses? It's an interesting question. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if we were to stay in the States, uh, I would I would lean towards Florida. They were very death metal Definitely. friendly down there. California. California, yeah. Uh, but if we had to move, man, I, I would want to go to Australia. I don't New Zealand for me. New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere with a bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they know how to get low in the land down under. That's all I'm saying. Those bands that come out of there are beefy. <laughs> <laughs> Some nice grindcore acts out of Australia too. No doubt. But what cities for death metal do you guys most admire? I don't really know any cities per se, but I mean, areas. West Coast is known for a lot of death metal. I mean, Florida, like you said, Exhum came from there. You know, corpse did, man. 
Cannibal Corpse, of yeah. course. Now, <laughs> if you guys each got a choice, pick out a villain for a horror movie. What would you enjoy being the most? <laughs> I'd have to say I'd be uh, Jason Voorhees. He's just, you know, so big, massive, brutal. He just, I mean, he'll kill you with anything. Michael Myers. Whoop. And why is that, Zero? Because I like Michael Myers. <laughs> why else? That's it? Because right, yeah, he's tattooed on me. <laughs> he is a nice guy. <laughs> I like his face. You know? Yeah. Nice and... Nice and white. Nice and white, yeah. It's good. But I would probably be the leprechaun. Because <laughs> he's as evil as he is obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, Great pre- answer. I appreciate that. Dude, man, leprechaun in the hood for the win. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Best um, leprechaun movie there was, man. <laughs> we could debate this, but... Personally, I like in space. <laughs> Jason X. Ah. What has been the craziest story of you guys, of you guys getting lost on the way to a gig? Oh, jeez. All right, there's one time we were playing this uh, VFW gun club up in Lancaster with our friends in a lead farmer. And uh, my car at the time didn't have any power steering. <laughs> and we drove all the way up there. We were probably 15 minutes away from the place, and we just could not find it. It was back in the middle of the woods, up this hill, and I'm making K-turns with no power steering. I mean, it was taking like 10, 15 minutes just to make one K-turn, and then we finally get there, and the band I was in at the time that was also playing, my other two members, they totally passed the place. They were an extra half hour late, so the show was supposed to start at, what, 6? Yeah, it started an hour and a half late, but everybody was cool. I mean, no one cared. It was a great time. Everybody stayed in for every band. It was probably ended up being one of our best shows. Oh, well, that's the story. I don't know. I wasn't uh, in the band at the time that this happened, but this was the the story that we decided we would tell. Since then, we've been pretty punctual, yeah, I gotta we, say. We, we invested um, in a GPS, so we don't really. Yeah. Other than missing a turn here or there, like on the way here, uh, <laughs> we well, really don't get lost too much. It's true. Now that the GPS is out there to save our butts, it's uh, it's a little harder to get lost. Yeah. <laughs> we still get lost at times. We, <laughs> we managed to. <laughs> so, who would you say is the worst person for driving that gets you lost the most? Sam. Sam. Yeah, it's Sam. <laughs> Even though RIP Sam, but, man, almost died in that car a couple times. <laughs> so Sam's got this big green Ford Windstar. Oh, yeah, by the way, Chris, <laughs> Chris, our guitarist, he doesn't drive with Sam. He makes sure he drives with either Dunn or uh, Gunning just because he doesn't want to drive with Sam. Like, Yeah, Sam, <laughs> Sam's a cool dude, but probably one of the worst drivers I've ever seen. I mean... He'll, we'll be following him, and he'll hit a he'll hit he'll hit a yellow light and just keep going. I mean, when you know you're following someone's following you, you stop at a red light. I mean, it's just the rule, you know. And then, it's then common he, sense. And then he asked me, "Should I pull over?" I'm like, "Yeah, they don't know where we're going, right?" Like, sure. I'm like, "Yeah, man." Like, huh? You really think so? They got a GPS, right? I'm like, "That don't mean huh? nothing." I think I'll just pull over here, guys. <laughs> wow. We love you, Sam. <laughs> now I'd say, um, jeez, 
going to ask you a follow-up, but it escaped my mind. But anyways, this is a question for everybody. What would be the most gruesome topic you could write lyrics about for a song? <laughs> Just off the top of our heads? Whatever. <laughs> All right. I was actually thinking about one on the way here. It's his premise of a janitor. He's been working out of school for, I don't know, 20 years. And he finally, you know, just goes off the wall. He uh, locks, goes into a kindergarten classroom, locks all the doors, and makes them perform a nude fashion show. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. While he's dressed in a clown suit. All right, here, I'll deliver this one in my death mother voice. All right, so you're going to an old folks' home, right? And you find this old lady sleeping in her bed. And you walk up to her and you suffocate her. And you cut off her arms and legs. And then you skewer her on either end with hot curling irons. And it will be called Granny on the Cob. <laughs> yeah! Uh, hot girls don't poop. Because I can't picture any, like, really, really sexy female taking a poop you so must not have seen we're just gonna staple the butthole shut mm-hmm. let him poop it till it comes out the mouth that type of stuff <laughs> hmm. that's sanitary the run of the mill atrophia <laughs> lyrics <laughs> <laughs> now tell me what is each of yours go-to food for when you need to pack something for a road trip uh wawa yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to say a Wawa is uh, yeah. right up there. Yeah, it's pretty much just Wawa and energy drinks. We go get hoagies and then uh, get energized on, oh, and, on liquid. And uh, Froggy's, the local liquor store, we hit that up. Absolutely. Before we leave. They'd be out of business if it weren't for us. <laughs> kind of like playing out of state, though, because when you go to get gas, I mean, you can get you can get bruised right there at the gas station. You can't get that in Jersey. You know That's what true. I mean? Wait, you mean in PA? Exactly. PA, New York, you know, Anywhere but Virginia. <laughs> it stinks, man. I-, I would love to get beer with gas all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they go hand in hand, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Definitely. Two for two. Now, I'm sorry, but I assume your band probably gets this asked. Probably gets asked this question. With just about every interview you do. Now, if your singer turned into a brain-eating zombie, but still was a good singer, but would sometimes eat people's brains, would you still keep him in the band? Yes. <laughs> we would try, but I guarantee Chris, Chris, would. Chris, Chris would blow his brains out. Absolutely. As soon as he, as soon as he turned. Chris is, first of all, a huge Walking Dead fan. Zombies, and anything. terrified of freaking zombies and wants to just... He can't wait for the zombie apocalypse so he can go on a murdering rampage. So I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't last a freaking day. And the band is a zombie. It'd be game over. What would you say? Would you have a meeting and be like... What would I say? I'll, I'll tell you what I would say. I would say... Brains! <laughs> so, the only sensible solution to this is to uh, turn Chris into a zombie too, right? I, I, I guess so. Well, that would be kind of cute, though. We could be, we could be, you know, a zombie couple in a death metal band. Why don't the whole band just be zombies? Yeah, now yeah. you're thinking. I don't know. Can you shred with zombie fingers? <laughs> um, more research on that needs to be uh, obtained. <laughs> Science. <laughs> yeah. Now, assuming all you guys were zombies, what kind of arrangements would you need 
to make for recording new music and traveling to gigs and performing. And when fans ask you to sign their stuff, but like they get near, they get so close to you that like you could totally eat their brains. Hmm. We would definitely need some brains. Definitely. You know, now we're talking about it so much. I'm starting to want some brains right now. <laughs> Got that right. We would need like a, um, a death clock suicide following of fans that were so rabidly into us that they would sacrifice their brains so that we could continue to be a band. That would be the arrangement we'd need. Sweet. Exactly. We wouldn't have any any listeners, but uh, we'd still be a band. We'd have some followers. (laughs) 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 I see, I see. (sighs) What are some... uh, Bands on the East Coast that you want to get uh, booked alongside? Any band that plays metal and is willing to play with us, pretty much. We're not picky. We're not picky at all. So, I mean, anything like Death, Black, Speed, Thrash, I'd say, Technical. I'd say more, more along the lines of Death and Thrash and yeah, Speed. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Those, we, those seem to be our audiences. Yeah, exactly. We don't get much uh, crowd response when we play uh, breakdown shows, if you know what I mean. Mm. Two-stepping and... <laughs> All that good stuff. I see, I see. Now, anyways, dudes, what is some nice booze that you like drinking? Natty Ice. Any bo- Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Natty Ice, man. You are so lying, man. <laughs> no, we're classy no, dudes. I actually drank a not- Natty Light at my, at my softball practice. I'm not lying. It's not bad. I mean, still gets you drunk, right? It's all right. Nah, I'd, ra- I'd rather pay, you know... 12 bucks for a six pack than a $17 for a 30 pack of Keystone or something, you know. Natty, I, man. I like, all the, I like all the micro brews and craft beers. That's oh, true. We're pretty fancy, but I feel like our fallback is Yangling, probably. Natty Straight Ice. Up. Right? And if we got to drink crappy beer, it's either PBR or Schmitz. Or Natty Ice. I don't, I don't want my name associated with this Natty Ice yeah. nonsense. Natty that, stuff, ice. that stuff does not touch my lips. I would let you pee in my <laughs> mouth before I drink that. <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Now, Dunning, do you like any Dunning. German beer? Dunning. German beer? Uh, like Hockershore. What? Come again? Hockershore. <laughs> Hockershore. I, I have to say I never tried That's that. That's like that $9 beer for a sixer. That's what I have to is. say I never tried it, but... Uh, you got to get uh, in on the Kolsch if you want to talk about German beers. Yeah, this guy's all about yeah. Germany. So, Kolsch und Dome... It's also a good one. It's just like <laughs> English, it's please? delicious. Well, the Kolsch and Dome. Yeah. Kolsch and Dome. Cologne is uh, it's a wonderful city with wonderful <laughs> beer, and I'm a little prejudiced, won't lie, but I, I do love it. Do you guys care for any wines? No, sir. No. I guess we don't drink wine. What about like bum wine? Mad Dog. I'm- I'm Magic sorry, I'm sorry nice. sir. I'm not. A, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of. Uh, Wait, when you say bum wine, do you mean homeless wine or? But you wine. can't be paying more than like three dollars for it. Mad dog. It's wrong <laughs> if you pay more than that for wine. I'm sorry, uh-huh. but I've never heard of night train as you were. Uh, Dude, saying. you gotta take a ride <laughs> on the night train express, man. Listen, it ain't topping the old no. four loco, so I ain't worried about that. Dude, that's man, ba- that's so. bad news. <laughs> that's what Appetite for Destruction was written on, alongs with a lot of other things. <laughs> We'll take those other things. You can have your wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're Mad Dog. <laughs> You're Mad Dog. Mad Dog 2020. Yeah, I like it. Now, what kinds of foods that do you guys like making? 
like at like two or three a.m. in the morning, and you got like a mad Ooh. case of the hungries. Oh man! Oh, the hungries. The hungries. Hungries. Uh, I like call that it up here. I guess they call them the hungries up here. The hungries. <laughs> well, uh, I stole that from Metalocalypse. Can we just so. call them? Can we call them the hippos? <laughs> the you hungries. can call them the hippos. The that, hungry, that's fine with hippos. me. Um, cereal's always good. I am a late. big oh, fan dude, of pizza. It's, I must yeah, say. it's cereal. Late night cereal's a shit. Taki uh, mushrooms. Ah, uh, honestly, you can't beat that. But if I have a frozen pizza, I won't say no to that. I don't eat cold pizza. No. I, g- I have to say, I can. Uh, you can ask my girlfriend. I, 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 ate, I make a banging grilled cheese, I must say. Mm. I'm kind of like. Gr- I had, actually, I had grilled cheese the other day. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Fascinating. Huh? Fascinating? <laughs> no, it was, it was a. Did you see my. I said fascinating. Up? Did you see my hyped up grilled cheese? <laughs> you got to talk into the mic. No, no, I'm just talking. What kind of foods uh, do you like to make, Nick? Well, I'm I'm kind of invoking the spirit of Elvis Presley here, but it's like, you gotta take a waffle, you gotta put peanut butter on there, you gotta put it in the microwave, and then like put that in for like two or three minutes, and then put maple syrup on there. Now that is Wait, healthy. Wait, a waffle in a, in for three minutes? That's exciting. I'm excited. No, by no, that no. Description. You don't put one in there, man. Uh, you you put like three in there. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. And that you gotta put like chunky peanut butter on there. Put it on both sides, man. No way. And smooth Elvis all the way. Elvis would be proud. Yeah, I don't like chunks. Smooth. I like smooth. I like it smooth. We should we should write a song about Elvis and dine on the pooper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Make his and his death poop. <laughs> Do it on the anniversary of his death or birth. <laughs> I wonder what he ate to give, <laughs> give him that. It's like the king Elvis his throne. had the most <laughs> foul, cheapest <laughs> diet you could imagine. It was like mayonnaise and everything. I hate mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever say Dude, mayonnaise in like, my presence. <laughs> the mayonnaise, peanut butter, and banana sandwich. Fried. That's gross. Dude, <laughs> I, I have to imagine, though, it has to be insanely awesome, too, because it's like, think about how, how rich Elvis was, and he'd still be making that even after he was, like, a crazy millionaire. So, I mean, <laughs> either he had crazy mental issues with food, or he was onto something genius. Or maybe a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Well, he lost his petite figure there at the end, so I, that's what I blame. Uh-huh. This is diet. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> he didn't get to like be like making that foul stuff when he was rich. He, he had that for years in him. He was, I mean, maybe it was uh, imported peanut butter. What, yeah. like... $500 peanut butter for like three ounces or something. There are gold flakes in there, and each peanut was handpicked by, uh, uh, I don't know. And triple pasteurized Gandhi. mayo. Yeah. Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see that. Will Jordan. <laughs> hmm. Okay. <laughs> now, also, dudes, can you tell me, like, the favorite concert of yours that, like, somebody else played, but it's, like, it holds, like, a special place in your heart just because of, like, the awesomeness of it. I'd have to say it was probably back in, like, I'd say oh four oh five. Slayer came uh, to the Electric Factory in Philly with Arch Enemy. Actually, no, it wasn't that show. It was Slayer, Kill Switch Engage, and Mastodon. And me and, like, 13 of my best buds went to, uh, took the train over. And I mean, it was nonstop from the first first note they came out with "Disciple" to the I mean, to the encore. It was just one big pit, and that was probably the most insane show I've ever been to. I mean, 
other than at the gates up in New York, which this guy's still mad about. Right. <laughs> what happened, man? Huh? He Why didn't get he didn't get to go. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get to go. At the time, our bass player, I asked him. I was like, "Yo, man, spot me the ticket. I'll give you the money while we're on our way up there. I'm getting money on Friday." And he wasn't having it, so missed it. Kind of sucked. Yeah, me and my buddy Harry, we uh, me and like four other dudes drove up there, and me and my buddy Harry split a pint of 151 walking around New York City before the show. So we were, as you can tell, we were pretty lit <laughs> by the time we got there. And toxic hol- toxic holocaust had just gone on, and then they were followed by Muni Waste, and Darkest Hour, and then At the Gates, and it was just unbelievable. Wow. Uh, what I'm, about okay. you, John? Yeah. So for me, it's a little out of left field because again, I didn't listen to a whole lot of of metal when I was, I think, in high school uh, mm-hmm. during the years when you really develop your taste in music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I remember the show and High on Fire played. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were playing with Every Time I Die and The Chariot. And this is the first time I ever saw The Chariot. And I was a fan of old Norma Jean. So this is the first time I got to see Josh Skogan on stage. And, and the dude blew my mind. And he's he's a big reason that uh, I wanted to be a front man. And, and uh, that I find stage presence to be so important because he... You know, he has that element. So it really stuck in my mind and, and sort of influenced where I wanted to. You, know, got, you guys have no idea. John Dunn has a serious bromance with the I don't want to talk about it, charity. you know, right now, but I would do terrible things to Josh Gogan. <laughs> and I'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you would. Now, where the, where's the farthest away show you've seen, though? Seen? Going to see show. Excuse me. Uh, I went up to Sayreville to see uh, Children of Bodom, uh, Black Dahlia. I was there. Yeah, Black Dahlia, and uh, was it a man Skeleton Witch? Yeah. That was like an hour and a half away, and I went to the Crocodile Rock to see a festival, but yeah. nothing too far. Usually two hours is the limit. Try to stay in the Philly area. Um, it was a little bit further for me. Last November, I got a chance to to go to Germany, and I was in Cologne. And uh, in Texas in July was in Cologne. Oh, really? Just happened to be like the same week I was there, so I got to go see Texas in July in, in Germany. Yo, are they from know. Texas? Uh, God, I wish <laughs> I knew. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. No. Yeah, they're just some kind of you know deathcore metalcore band. Yeah. Well, they're really good. No, oh, yeah. But uh, you know, not exactly death metal, I guess. They're from New York, right? As I lay dying. Are they? Type. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> yes. Texas in July is from New York in August. <laughs> mm. I see. <laughs> so, when you were in Germany, did you get to have like any really like amazing, awesome German beer? Oh yeah, man. I mean, that's what I was talking about the Kolsch for earlier. Like that's it's it's a it's a lighter beer. It's sort of got a um, a grainy, bready taste, but right from that area. And it's it's absolutely delicious and irreplaceable, especially during Carnival. Wow. Now, did you guys? I mean, did you get to like raid any of the music stores, man? I didn't get to spend too much time uh, finding any obscure little music places, unfortunately. But you know, there were there were a few local metal bands that played along with with uh, Texas in July at the show that I, I think 
We Set the Sun, I want to say, was one of the one of the bands, and you know they put on a great show. There's a very cool metal scene going on right now in Germany, but uh, they have their own unique sound. Now, what are you talking about? Berlin, Munich, Dusseldorf. Oh, this is Cologne. This is pure Cologne. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really get to visit any other cities while I was there, but uh, yeah. I see. I'd say uh, a crowning achievement as a metalhead flying out to uh, Texas last October to see uh, my favorite metal band, uh, Rigor Mortis. That, like, those guys are like the reason why I'm into metal. It was like. I was like a rivet head in high school, like KMFDM, stuff like that. Then I moved on to, like... <laughs> nice. Limp Biscuit. No, no, no. Then I moved on to Ministry, and it's like... Einstein. No, no, it's like Ministry. I'm like, wait a minute. There's like this really insanely talented guitarist. I looked it up, and it was like Mike Scotia. I'm like, wait a minute. He's in this band called Rigor Mortis. And I looked at him up, and it was just like... Been a fan for like 10 or 11 years since, and it's like just bugging the singer Bruce Corbett saying yo man one of these days man I'm gonna fly down to Texas and see you and he's like yeah man whatever but it was like it was just so amazing actually getting down to go see them would like, you go down on them <laughs> would you go down on them no <laughs> I'm just messing with it's not no, but I mean, just like, it's not real love <laughs> that was like the band that like my like idea of heavy, heavy metal greatness is based on Everybody has a band like Understandable. that. Understandable. It's cool. It's your gateway band. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Now, um, what were your gateway bands, guys? <laughs> gateway bands. Oh, this is going to wow. get embarrassing. I'd have to say my f- <laughs> my first gateway band, the heavy music, was probably when I was about 13. I really, really got into Slipknot. And, you know, I was... Pfft, I was a maggot, so to say, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what they call their fans. So uh, yeah. I was really big in the, you know, the new metal scene and new metal. And, you know, Slipknot, Corn, Limp Bizkit, uh, all that crap. Godsmack, you know. I was a Hot Topic kid. I'm not going to lie, when I was like 14 in mm-hmm. junior high, you know, wearing all the bracelets and stuff. But then I, uh, I realized... <laughs> I realized the true error of my ways, and I oh, no started way. listening to Metallica a lot. And that was the first Metallica and Slayer were the first two actual metal bands that I really got into. And then I discovered the whole Gothenburg scene with Arch Enemy, Dark Tranquility, you know, In Flames, all that so, good stuff. So when did it go from like listening to like Limp Biscuit and Corn and stuff like that to wearing a Cannibal Corpse shirt like today? <laughs> Um, I'd have to say when I, because uh, I started a band, I started playing bass when I was like 13, mm-hmm. and I just joined joined my friend's band. He needed a bassist. They didn't have one. I bought a bass, you know. So, uh, then I quit that band, and my old next door neighbor, Joe Wall, shout out, uh, <laughs> he asked me to join his band. They kicked their bassist out, and... He was really big into Metallica at the time, and that's the kind of direction that band was going. So, you know, I first Metallica album I ever bought was Injustice for All, which is still my favorite. And then I bought Decade of Aggression by Slayer and fell in love with that. And, you know, been a metalhead ever since. True. Now, when did you guys get into uh, Toxic Holocaust? 
I really started to like them. I didn't really... I've heard of them before that at the gate show, but as soon as I saw them at the, at the gate show, I mean, I liked Municipal Waste. I love thrash metal. So, as soon as I saw them with the, at, the, at the gate show, it was just, you know, I was hooked. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so, uh, gateway bands. Uh, I would up? say that uh, for, uh, members of Atrophia? my favorite band when I was a friggin' grown up. Yeah. Oh man, we got a caller. How cool is this? Who is it? Ah. Uh, anyway. Thanks, man. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there. It's really embarrassing. Uh, Lincoln Park. Couldn't get enough of them. I prefer baby. Changed my life when I was 13 years old. So, I'm guilty uh, myself. I yeah, must say that is my closet CD. Yeah, and you know what? It's a it's a good CD. I still enjoy listening to it every once in a while. I'm not saying it's oh. it's the CD or the nostalgia, but it's a wonderful mixture of those two. Just really gets me off. I'm not gonna lie. Me and uh, this guy John Dunn on the way to our <laughs> last, one of our last shows up in New York. Uh, listen to the whole Hybrid Theory album, and we're jamming out. Dude, we rocked out to the <laughs> entire freaking album, like singing along. You can't, the whole you can't time. beat it. I'm sorry. sorry. You know, I would it's love to catchy. hear. I would love to hear Hybrid Theory with some freaking good growls over it. Just somebody do somebody do a death metal remix. And some blast beats, please, with a cowbell. Please, that would be glorious. On that note, and now we've sure. got um, blank. Tank exhumed by a trophy. <laughs> Stay tuned to WMSC 90.3. Poop tank. Poop tank. Shit, I just like their food. 
Alrighty then. Now that was uh, Poop Tank Exhumed by uh, <laughs> South Jersey Favorites, uh, Atrophia. Well done. Now tell me, guys, how did you come up with that brilliant piece of uh, artistry? Ooh. I mean, T- talking about the music or the uh, name? The name. Oh, that's that's Chris. I mean, yeah, that's all. That's all. Our guitarist Chris. He came up with the whole poop saga. Right. It's really cool. It's not mouse, but you know. Right. So honestly, and Chris got a Sugar little. Honey iced tea. Chris got a little carried away with this. Um, we do have like we do have two songs that revolve around the same theme on the EP, but they're actually only two of four complete songs. So uh, the whole poop tank series is actually a quadrilogy. It's four songs. It starts out with uh, poop tank exhum or entombment. Right. Poop Tank Exhumed is the next one. Yeah. Uh, Reve- Revenge, of, uh, Return of the Poop no, no, Mommy. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Return, right? Return of the Poop, poop Mommy. Poop Mommy goes to uh, H-E Double Hockey Sticks. Poop, poop Mommy Goes to Hell. So that is our uh, Poop Saga. And then the if, we're getting, if we're feeling frisky, we'll do uh, Poop Mommy versus Jesus in Space, kind of like Jason X type stuff. This will get real corny. Yeah. I don't care how old you are. Poop is funny. I see. Because we all have it. Everyone poops. By the way, we have at least one listener out there that's playing a drinking game right now. Yes. Every time you say, I see. I see. They do a shot. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's getting very drunk. You you, you totally don't know me. Like, I say, I see, like, constantly, man. Then they are doing just fine Friday night. (laughs) You're welcome, KP. No, but seriously, guys, I see that uh, this could be an interesting <laughs> drinking game. Now, what is this, shots or, like, beer? No, I'm honestly not sure, but I hope it's shots, because then they're done. Of Everclear. Of Everclear, my God. Yo, can you guys think of, like, some really nice but really, really cheap tequila? Mmm. Oh... Uh. Because I mean, man, well, you know we're balling, so uh, uh, pa- Patron, Patron is cheap to us. You know <laughs> I mean? Jose Cuervo, <laughs> you know, the norm. I don't even drink tequila. To yeah, be we're honest. not big tequila yeah, drinkers. Either, if you want to talk about Mount I Gay like rum, rum. Mm-hmm. then Mount we have a Gay. whole other thing to talk about. I've heard uh, good things about that. Yeah, another a former guest of my show, uh, Evan Russell Saffer, he is definitely into that rum. He's Mount into Mount Gay. Gay? Yeah. He drinks it too. I had really? ne- never seen it. We, we, we've seen it. Yeah, we got it in Lancaster at a show, and that's all I remember. Yeah, we played. <laughs> all right, so we played this show up in Lancaster with uh, our friends Lead Farmer. Yeah, and we in a bar. It was or, in no, a barn. In a barn. Yeah, it was a barn show. So we literally drive three hours up there, and we pull up ten of six. Guy gets out. Oh, you guys are trophy. We're like, yeah. He's like, oh, well, good. Get your stuff in there. You go on, on, go on in ten minutes. <laughs> so we drove three and a half hours to be the opener in a barn. So we just made it our mission for that night 
to get as messed up as possible. And so, Zero, Chris, Sam, they all went to the uh, liquor store. They come back with this, you know, probably the cheapest handle of rum on the shelf. It was called Mount Gay Rum. And it's lived in infamy ever since that night. So what is it, like under $10? Uh, Pretty big. Eight? That was, a, that, was a fun, that, was a, that was a very fun show. A lot of good memories from that one. Absolutely. Our drummer, who is now... You know, no longer with us. May he rest in peace. Dum, he actually, dum dum dum. Yeah, he he had a, his way with this bottle of rum, and at three in the morning got lost in a cornfield <laughs> in Lancaster. He yeah. had to get one shoe. Yeah, he had one shoe. The other one was burnt. He yeah. left it in a fire or something, <laughs> and he came back at three thirty in the morning. No, it was six like thirty. Oh no, my well, god. Well, originally he came back around two, and got in a van and was. Obliterated. Well, he, he, he hiccuped for like. He came back on a tractor. Yeah, yeah, well, he that had was the to go time. knock on a farmer's house. <laughs> that was the second time, yeah. And was brought back with one shoe, like, clearly had been crying on yeah, a tractor. He, he was crying. He, meanwhile, it was, it was March at the time, yeah. and it was freezing. No, poor did, guy. All he had so on that's, was that's, a t shirt. Yeah, well, this is, this is our introduction to Mount Gay Rum. Just. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're paying us to say all this, obviously. Yeah. No. <laughs> Did uh, Sam? Did he? Was he driving the tractor back? No, he. Mm. Well, around like two o'clock, he got into the barn. I mean, he got into the van. Well, he was completely poop faced, and he. Uh, he I don't know. He was hiccuping for about an hour and a half while I'm trying to sleep, and I'm like, "Dude, man, relax. You all right?" And like, "Come on." And out of nowhere, he just jumps out of the van, and just leaves, and I'm like, "Oh, what? Whatever." You know. About an hour, he comes. An hour, he comes back, banging on the banging on the car, like crying. Oh, can I come in here? I'm like, yeah, man. He's just like, I was lost in the field, and I thought I was going to die. And I just knocked on some doors, and they, they answered the door, and they just drove me back on a tractor. And, and I'm like halfway asleep, and I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, whatever, man. Just go to bed. And, you know, the next day, you know, I left or whatever, and his shoe was in a fire burnt. And, you know, it was. It was lost a, his cell phone. Yeah, he lost his phone. It was a good time. Good time. By the way, Nick. This apple pie is banging. Oh, yeah. it really is. Very good. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You um, weren't joking. We're getting apple pie here. It's, it's the whole reason we came, really. Yeah, Two I mean... Two hour drive um, for some apple pie, baby. This apple pie is my personal favorite, and it's just... Got it yesterday for this occasion. He's speechless. Entertain with, He's speechless. And it's just like... Can't even talk about it. The people at Penning's Orchards, I mean, they know how to cook apple pie. Mm. Yeah. Now, speaking of that... Why don't we play uh, Lusting for the Soft Spot? Because oh, just we're yes, on the topic sir. of that. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I that'll, see. that'll take a second to pull up. Kelly Bolzer. I see. I see. I see. I see. Oh. I see, John. Now, ta- now say something. So, um, we're going to go uh, head over to the Total Deathcore Facebook now so that we can go on to the yeah. Bandcamp page yeah. where uh, the most recent Volume 3 compilation resides. I see. I see. <laughs> would you look at that? And uh, track nine. What would track nine be on this would new you compilation? Look at that? Oh, it's us. Lusting for the soft spot by Atrophia. Hit this button. Hit that button, Nick. Hit it hard.
Alrighty then. Now that was Atrophia with Lusting for the Soft Spot. Now tell me guys, if each one of you was going to take over the world, what would you do first? Hmm. <laughs> Honestly. Wow. Yeah, have fun with it. Oh man. Uh, yeah, that's a okay, silly question gets a silly answer. I would make everybody wear baloney pants on Tuesdays. And I, and I mean that. Baloney pants. Be right back. Or execution. Yeah! Well, Dan just ran out, so it's just me now. I see. So I take it you put baloney on a lot of your sandwiches, too? I did today. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Maybe that's why it's on my mind. I would personally make it a law for the Eagles to win a freaking Super Bowl. First and foremost, I mean... I'm a huge Eagles fan. You know. Sierra, what would you do if you could take over the world? Uh, made it mandatory for everyone to eat bacon. <laughs> yeah. I like how we all had, we all had, like, mandatory laws. That's what, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to force people to do something. <laughs> I'd like to legalize marijuana, too. That, too. That, too. That that's, too. A, that's a big Yes. That's number one, then bacon. We could, uh, we could legalize marijuana and make religion... Illegal. Yeah. <laughs> My mom would. Hate but why that. not have a religion <laughs> dedicated to bacon? Yeah. You know that's a fair. That's, that's a already, fair question. That's, that's a fair question. Uh, that, that probably is still a religion. How uh, do you feel about bacon flavored envelopes? Ooh, positive. No, Optimistic. I, I don't feel good about that at I all. Cause what? I, I was over. <laughs> I was over Sconley's one night, and he, his roommate had bacon flavored candy canes and they 
One of the worst things I've ever eaten in my entire life. That's a little different. It's a little different. They haven't haven't artificially flavored bacon stuff. Don't try it. Even bacon bits are kind of garbage. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's not good at all. Yeah. But I mean, just like... Isn't bacon like the type of food that you can add to anything and it'll be like more awesomer? Almost. Well, yeah, but I mean, artificially baked bacon flavored stuff like right. bacon flavored envelopes no right. way how do you how do you <laughs> I mean if you actually put strips of bacon on the pieces mm. you lick yeah that would be that would be great be, right. you can't fake Wonderful. bacon bacon is one of the most pure you can do, yeah. perfect substances on the planet you can do artificial and shrimp and, and to try to no, try to no, fake no. bacon that's that's sheer blasphemy that's that's unholy unspeakable yeah. in the not cool way even right. turkey bacon doesn't. That's oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not cool. No way. Unholy. No way. I eat it. Now, like, how much percentage is turkey bacon as awesome as real pig bacon? <laughs> how? Okay. Turkey versus five. pig. Come on. There's, There's not even a question. Man. I mean, it, it takes quicker to cook. I'm a fat kid. Are you kidding? But, you know, I don't know. Bacon's just bacon, man. How do we get on the subject of bacon? <laughs> All roads lead to bacon. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm happy with that. Bacon. Bacon, 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 bacon. It's bacon. That's no good. Yeah, it's not good. Now I guess um, what do you believe would be more beneficial to a trophy at this point in time? Getting featured in a music magazine, and a newspaper, or meeting up with like. Record label to press your music. Well, we got one of the one of we had one of the three before. Uh, two. Well, one of the three or two, two. whatever. Two. Well, I thought you said three things. But uh, but um, uh, we already had a, a label looking at us, so definitely magazine press would be pretty cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. What would be a magazine that you think you you guys would be like? Um, a tr- the magazine would be attracted by your music. Victoria's Secret. Ebon. Ebony. Ebony. Ebony, too. Yeah. And Smooth Girl. High Ooh. Times. Boy's mm. Life. Highlights. <laughs> Highlights. Finger Hut. <laughs> what is that, like, in the Goofus section? Oh, I don't know. Any of the no, we I'd are. Who's the stupid yeah. one, Goofus or Gallant? Goofus is the stupid one. We are totally Gallant, so we are, we are gentlemen <laughs> to the core. I'd have to say, like, Metal Maniacs, you know. Mm-hmm. I wish Circus Magazine was still around, because that was a big, you know, rock magazine. But, mm. What about uh, Revolver? Yeah, that's a Absolutely yeah. Revolver. Yeah. Be I, honest, I'd like to be in 17. Yeah. Team Beat. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I want our picture right next to, you know, Bieber. It would be Team Beat, a trial if you beats teens. <laughs> 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 yeah. Wow. Now tell me, guys, very important question, though. What is the most important thing that you could put bacon on? <laughs> bacon. Bacon on top of bacon. How many times of bacon? I ate a whole pound of myself, so. I mean, In one sitting? Yeah, I cooked the whole thing. You're the What's man. What's wrong with that? Mm. But, like. My boy's from the hood, so. When you do can you understand. stop? Or is. It's too much, never enough. Okay. Well, how about how about bacon on scrapple? That's 
Bacon on scrapple on top of a spam. hot dog. On top of a oh, Nathan's Amber. hot dog. Amber. Oh man, scrapple dog. It's, uh, I Ain't want nothing it. better. Yeah, I want there to be a meat parade in Ain't my mouth. Ain't nothing better. Ain't nothing ever been better. <laughs> mm, I don't think so. Bacon's pretty pretty pure and perfect, and and I don't know if I would really want to taint it with with the presence of another food product. You think it'd be a good idea? Like just every meal of the day you're eating meat, like maybe like. One meal of the day, you eat something that flies in the sky. Mm. Another meal, like, walks on the ground. And another thing, like, you eat something that swims in the sea. Do you think that'd be awesome? Well, what about, I mean, I do. Why, why not all three at once? Yeah. Three what what, what would be all three? Is there one animal that does all three? Well, I'm saying no. The platypus. At one sitting. The platypus. <laughs> platypus, they don't fly well. We're going to have to work on that. Platypi. I'm saying one sitting, you know. Yeah, so fish, you have some uh, steak, yeah. you have some, you know, oh, you chicken. know what you forgot? Just go chicken to any or your local, you forgot, uh, your, uh, local chain hello? restaurants, they got like the You forgot subterranean animals. Paste. You know, I would like to try some mole steak. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> sounds yummy to me. Just a little, a little mole burger. Mold or mole? A subterranean mole. My Yo, you ever man. heard of, uh... Kobe beef, it's like, Kobe? check this out, man. Yeah, it's good. All right. they, they massage the cow's bellies every day until slaughter day, and guess what happens on slaughter day? They guess. Slaughter it. Yeah, and oh. it's like so amazingly hey, delicious. Wait, so this is massaged cow meat? Yeah, man, and it's like on slaughter day they slaughter the cows, and it's insanely, insanely, insanely delicious. That probably happens all the time. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Kobe beef is it's very popular. Like that sounds. I mean, like what a monster! It's still worth it. My my brain finds that abhorrent, but my tummy wants everything to do with that. It's all about the tum tum. Yeah. Get something called shabu shabu at Japanese restaurants, man. And it's like shabu shabu. I don't trust them. No way. It's it's awesome, man. Trust me. I used to have it like every year on my birthday till about like. Last year, when like this restaurant I like to go to stopped serving it, it was like so you didn't the have worst it today. catastrophe in history. So you didn't have it today. Today is your birthday, right? No. Nah. It should have been birthday dinner, man. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, it's like if I was bringing it here, it's like uh, it would have been gone. It would have gone cold by now. Yeah, sure. Cold beef's better than no beef. <laughs> but I mean, I can always travel down to uh, this one place. It's what's for dinner. Hackettstown, uh, Fujiyama. That's where I like to go. Hmm. But also, if you want to fly me out to like Japan, I could get some too. But can I you mean, get, can you get cat over uh, there too? If you want to buy me a plane ticket, I mean, I'm totally up for it. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have a band meeting about getting you a ticket so you can bring us some beef back from Japan. But no promises, man. Dude. That might be number one on our goals before June 13th. <laughs> the, the new band <laughs> yeah, goal is to bring Nick some yeah. Japanese beef. All, all, <laughs> yeah. All band profit goes to Nick's plane ticket. Yeah. Yummy. Kobe 2013. <laughs> Kobe. <laughs> I yeah. like that. I like that. It's the right thing to do. Go with that idea. <laughs> And also, I guess, how do you guys feel about music? Like, when do you, what do you guys like to listen to? Like, the MP3s, the CDs, the vinyls? Mm. What is it? 
Well, John and I were actually just talking about this the other day. Like, actually, a freak, remember? We were talking about how, you know, we'll download a CD from a band, and yeah. if you actually like it, yeah, you go out and buy the album. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. We were it's, actually talking about how CDs are becoming obsolete now. But, slowly. I mean, yeah, slowly. No, absolutely. So, I think that all three of us are strictly digital media guys. But we appreciate the hard copy, and if we can, you know, use that as a way to support the band that we're listening to. So, free media, it's out there, it's unavoidable, and uh, it's actually a good way for bands that would not normally get exposure to get that exposure. And then, you know, it's people like us that say, you know what, I like your band enough, I'm going to go buy your CD yeah. to, to get them the money that they need to take it to the next level. A lot of bands level. need to be happy they're actually being leaked because a lot of bands are good enough to get leaked, and if someone's actually putting your stuff out there, then doing something yeah. good, you know what I mean? You, like, you just need a couple devoted fans and an internet connection. I see. Now, when do you think the nearest possible date for fans of Atrophia to see a 7-inch or a vinyl release containing Atrophia music will be? I don't think we've thought about that. Yeah, we haven't really even mentioned that or even thought of that. Because none of us are record guys. Dude, but, like that's sacrilege. You're like metal people. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is true. I mean, this isn't something that's in life. the... It's not a big... Records aren't a big part of the South Jersey metal scene. Nah, it hasn't it's even crossed our mind. YouTube, iPods. We're, you know, we're YouTube, I'm, iPods. We're going to get a lot of flack for of this, stuff. I'm sure. But, you know, it, none of us listen to records. It's It's just... We're pretty much more worried about, you know... Getting our songs out there on, you know, CD or MP3, first of all, rather than pressing vinyl, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool to have that the large album art. I understand the value and the tangibility of a record, but it just doesn't click. I see. At least nowadays, anyway. Before, I remember I used to go back to Sam Goody, getting all kinds of crazy... Uh, Wrap up CDs, you know, going there with like 15 bucks and only being able to pick one and hoping you get the right one, you know what I mean? And now it's just like I can get whatever I want online and like it's cool to a certain extent, I guess. But I mean, won't there always be like a market for something that people can actually hold in their hand and be like, you can't like bring an MP3 to a show and be like, dude, you gotta sign my MP3, man, come on, sign it by like the three. Ticket stubs come in handy for that, well, usually. Exactly. <laughs> there will always be ticket stubs and your posters your and shirt. shirts and boobies. They sell, they, sell, they sell posters at the show, and it says, like, signatures here. I mean, you just grab one of those and run up to somebody. I mean, yeah. they're, they're not going to say no. I mean, kind of weird if they did. Yeah, but, I mean, it's like, I've always thought that, like, you shouldn't walk away with a poster from a concert if it costs money, I mean, you should like rip oh, it off the wall yeah. oh, and like. Free. Usually they're free or they're like a dollar, like yeah. more like throw it in a tip jar. It should be like to our next place. Says like poster. it's only a dollar. I don't mind that. <clears throat> Say like maybe destruction diamond plate, hmm. atrophia condition critical. You know some of those bands, but I mean it's like just it's not right if you pay for the poster. You gotta rip it off the wall. Oh yeah. Damn straight, my friend. Damn straight. Just take it from the merch table. I mean, it's just a piece of paper, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's like 
That is nice, though, if you can actually get something for free. It's, oh, it's yeah. changing. That oh, whole, definitely. you know, you don't see flyers around town for shows anymore. It's all online. Oh, everything's online. You know? Facebook invites, all that stuff. Yeah, even when we were in high school, I mean, there was a huge ska scene around us, and, you know, people would be po- posting flyers on telephone poles. Yeah. That was what? Ten years ago, maybe? Yeah. Oh, not even. Yeah, yeah not funny. even. And it's just so crazy how quick it, you know, progressed. But it's all different now, and and I, th- you know, I think it's cool that people are selling their records and and uh, putting up flyers, and but they're non-essentials at this point, and they're just all about nostalgia, and I think they're gonna get phased out though. What do you think, like, the ticket for success for underground bands is? Because it, it it seems like anybody can like get their music pressed you don't need to be on like a major label anymore i don't think we know that because if we did we'd be uh <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah exactly we'd be uh signed and you know torn record world. Deal, torn the world. The dream. we don't have the answer to Who success but that type of stuff. Mm. i don't know man just work hard at it i mean yeah, that's man. what we're trying to do hey. i mean you come to adversity like we are right now i mean we don't have a drummer, but we're still pushing on, doing interviews, mm-hmm. you know, getting our album out there, trying, do. yeah, doing what we can do while our guitarist is gone. You know, we tried out a kid on guitar the other week, and we got a couple more lined up, but we're trying to get another guitarist as well. So, I mean, we're still pushing on. So you're saying you want Atrophia to become a five-piece? Well, well, we what, it was five a five-piece, but uh, prior to when you met us, we had to kick out our old guitarist because he missed two shows in one week. Just no no call, no show, left us hanging. Yeah. And the one show, he was the only guitarist because Chris couldn't make it. Yeah. So we were depending on him, waited outside his house for an hour, hour and 15 we minutes. We canceled, like... A half an hour before we're supposed to go to the actual venue, and it's just like, oh man, it kind of sucks because it comes down on me. Like a lot of the members don't have to deal with the emails and the texts from like the promoters, like you know, hassling me. But I, you know, I have to deal with that, and like it's my, you know, I'm booking these guys, so like they look at me as what's going on. You know, what I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, that was that was difficult. That was right. difficult. But that, you know, that's all behind us, and we're <laughs> just right now we're looking to the future. We want to find that second guitarist that's going to give us the harmonies and. Maybe the solos that we're looking for, if we're lucky to find somebody who can handle that kind of stuff. What would you say you're really, really looking for in that special guitarist, that future guitarist that's going to be on stage? What does that mean, skill-wise, just overall? Whatever you'll accept. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, that's. A, I would say the the first criteria is obviously mu- musicianship. Which, you know, anybody can look for. But that's not the whole package. Unfortunately, you can't just be good at guitar to be in a band. Right. You got to also, you know, be committed to that band. And you got to find the time in your life to spend with that band in practice. Exactly. And And, and that's, you know. You got to have have a good good relationship with your band members. Absolutely. I mean, we we might have a show once or twice a week or whatever. But that's the only time you see the members. You know, you want to be able to hang out with your members outside of. Man, I want to be able to hit up Dan or Dunn uh, I mean, or Dunn or somebody and be like, yo, come right. hang out. You want to have members like that. You don't want to have a member that can play the music, but right. he's well, a turd. You, know I mean? when you, don't want to hit, you don't want to hang out with him. It's when you get that personal chemistry yeah, within yeah. a band that, that music, 
really starts flowing. Like then it becomes this this natural chemical reaction between the band members rather than you know four guys that you know put together to write each other, throwing notes at each other. What is that selling point? That just like you you see it and it's like that guy belongs in this band. Well, first of all, tryouts if the if the dude's you know picking up what we're laying down. You know what I mean? He's picking up songs that we're teaching them real quick. You know, some guys we tried out that, you know, took them 20 minutes to learn one riff, and it was the easiest riff that we had. So, I mean, that's one thing we look at as a quick learner because we obviously have a lot of songs that the guy would need to learn. Right. But then when they're there auditioning, Chris, in between riff, quote-unquote, auditions, will... Ask him some ridiculous yeah. out of left yeah, field I was question. Ready to get into that. Just like, conditioning you, the, him. The for guitarist like or our, anyone that's running. trying out, you gotta know how to take Chris's sarcasm. Oh, if absolutely. you don't, then you just you're gonna think he's a, a total a hole. But he, he's really <laughs> just joking around. I mean, no. I mean, that's his personality. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. He's just gonna act like that. You just gotta go with it. I mean, it's he's just funny, it's man. all fun, man. Yeah, he's, he's a funny dude. <laughs> I see. No. Shots. How did you like find Chris for this band? Oh, we didn't find. Us. Yeah, Chris yeah. found us. Chris yeah. is the original, you know, originator of Atrophia. He started it with who was it? That guy Rob. Yeah, we had we started a while back, probably like '07. Uh, we started it was Chris and uh, Dave Cruz on bass. Uh, we didn't have a we didn't have a vocalist at the time, and we ended up getting our boy Jeff. Uh, he filled in for a while, mm-hmm. and we ended up getting a drummer from Medford. He was uh, 37 at the time. Mm-hmm. That was rough having him in a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was couldn't really play up to the music, and you know we had to die down a lot of the songs to keep up with him. You know that's how it was. And then we ended up getting Sam or whatever. But the band's been together since let's say fall of 2007, and yeah, yeah. In the, in the summer, summer of '09, yep. they had had a basis that wasn't working out, and I had uh, I had auditioned for the band and I joined the band for about a, about the, that summer. Yeah, I played like two shows, and then my other band, Kill the Evidence, was really you know starting to pick up, mm-hmm. playing a lot more shows. So then I uh, pretty much left Atrophia by the wayside. I said, you know, I'm focusing more on Kill the Evidence. Yeah, because I've been in that band for like three years, and so a whole year goes by. Next May comes around, my drummer gets drunk before a show, starts playing real crappy, walks off stage in the middle of our set. Middle of a song, just stops playing, walks off. So, he quit the band that night. I called these guys literally half hour yeah, later. I was like, you guys need a bassist. Yeah, and <laughs> I was like, oh. as soon as he said that, and our bassist at the time, I was our bass player at the time, I'm like, he doesn't even know our songs. I was like, there's no way I'm not going to not hit up Dan. And then... You know, and then we were looking for a vocalist at the time. Didn't have a vocalist, and we heard Dunn wanted to try out. Yeah, we yeah we asked him. He said yeah, and it was pretty much the Dunn gunning deal. Yeah, uh, and that it was, was a, it was a weird situation though, because you know this was at the point where I wasn't listening to too much metal. It was all mm-hmm. like hardcore music that I was mm-hmm. really into. So I'd been auditioning for hardcore bands. Yeah, left and right, and and every once in a while I'd hear you know we like your voice, but it's too metal. Yeah. So I got wind. I get a, a drug phone call from a friend of mine oh, who's like, yeah. "Yo, a is having vocalist auditions. <laughs> you would be perfect." Yeah. 
And so, you know, it was, it was definitely a uh, yeah. caution to the wind, why not situation <laughs> where I just showed up in this garage and I was thrilled to even have the opportunity to jam with these guys mm-hmm. to show them what I had. Had no expectation of actually becoming the vocalist. Yeah, that um, was that was pretty much a selling point for for me to join the band. Right. Again. So once once I, I got heard I heard John, me and John have been friends since high school. We yeah. graduated together, and I heard he was going to try out for the vocalist spot, and I pretty much just had to hop in. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I knew I pretty much yeah. had the spot because they really didn't like their old bassist. Nah. And he sucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can't beat Gunning, man. It was Gunning pretty, it was pretty much. I told, I, I told Gunning what was going on. He was like, if you get done, I'll join. And I was like, all right, well, we're getting done. So yep. ready to join. And Gunning, Gunning, you know. But that's the big, you know, Dunning, what I've, what Dunning, I've Dunning. really enjoyed about being a part of the, the four piece that we've become Gunning, since Gunning. we lost our second guitarist Gunning, is Gunning. that all four members of the band were dedicated always practice when when we were asked to mm-hmm. and always showed up to the shows on times and put on a good show and never turned down shows when i asked it was pretty much if i gave them enough time in advance we pretty much played the shows you know what i mean like, it wasn't like everyone no one really said no unless they had something you know planned right but you know we you know i would set, send them text messages yeah you guys want to play this and everyone within a half, but not even half an hour yeah yeah everyone yeah. replied back yeah and we just went along with that oh here you go all right, so that did happen to me. I this was my my trip to Germany in November happened. Duh. Uh, yes, this is done. <laughs> and this was within the period of time that they had a maybe the biggest show for Atrophia so far. This was with Exhumed mm-hmm. and Havoc. Uh, and it killed me to miss this show, but I absolutely had to. Mm-hmm. So, killed us too. <laughs> so, so they had they asked one of their old vocalists to come back and cover, which I had no problem with. I was just glad, bad idea, that they could have uh, somebody fill in for me so that they wouldn't have to miss the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, I nothing against the kid, but you know, I gave him our lyrics, mm-hmm. our songs, like four months before the, sh- the show was even, mm-hmm. yeah. And I told him, like, dude, you used to be in a band, learn the stuff. You know, we only need you to fill in. And you know, I get a I get a text like probably like forty five minutes before we're going on, like, oh, I know I really didn't learn this stuff. I've been, you know, I hope you don't mind me just you know freestyling the show. And I'm like, what? I'm like, we're getting ready to play, man. So he shows up like legit two minutes before we're supposed to go on, and like just doesn't say anything while he's playing. He just stands there and just like headbangs, tries to do a little bit of lyrics here and there, but just stands there. Dan can explain the rest of that. Talk about the Exhumed show, bro. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Now, this kid literally showed up as we were about to play our first song. And you figure he was our old vocalist. He knows some of the singing patterns, if not the lyrics, the singing patterns. And he would know how the song went. Mm-hmm. No, this kid maybe sung three bars to every song and just stood there on stage. I mean, this is our biggest... Not our biggest show per se, people wise or venue wise. But, but like we played with Exhumed, like, yeah, which is like the band that Atrophy is influenced by. You know what I mean, Chris? That's his favorite band. Absolutely. Exhumed so. is Chris. The and one Chris show I figures the one show that we don't have John, our best vocalist by far since Atrophy has been around. Mm-hmm. We don't have him for that show. It just figures. You know what I mean? It's just our luck. <laughs> But they'll be back around, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. They're coming in summer slaughter. Heck yeah. So what would you say 
like the next band that you really want to get get out in front of and like try and make a name for yourselves like i mean that that mm. show with uh, lich king and warbringer up in poughkeepsie that that mm. was hot that was i really that was, was impressed by you guys absolutely that's that was pretty like much like why you guys are here on my show just because it's like damn you know <laughs> i was just blown away and it's like we there's no way i cannot like invite you onto my show after seeing yeah. that. Appreciate that. It was just it was like the right night, it was the right audience. Mm-hmm. We usually do well in front of like thrash audiences. Mm-hmm. They get into us because we, we have those good thrashy moments in our music. Um so mm-hmm. you just picked a really good night to come see us. We put a we put on an awesome show. Yeah we were talking you know night. nobody at that uh venue had seen us before so mm-hmm. it was all fresh and new which we freaking love. Mm-hmm. Yeah sometimes you play the same venues over and over it kinda gets stale. I mean Absolutely. the same same people come out, you know what I mean? There's not much crowd response or whatever, and it's just... Toast without the jelly, you know. <laughs> it's just, you know... Um, but as far as bands that we'd like to play with is, is concerned, I I want some... Uh, there's a UK band out there called Discarnate. Mm-hmm. They have a new album coming out, and as far as I'm concerned, they are the freaking future of death metal. It, it, it's honestly just, like, very straight to the point brutal death metal and if they ever end up in the states on a tour i would uh i would have to kiss some asses but i would really love to get out of that would you say there's anything you guys want to do in the future to try and appeal to like fans of thrash metal or death thrash fans i don't think so i mean like, know, we, I'm a total, we're not like, we're not audience oriented yeah i wouldn't say you know, pretty much the music that we put out there is is it's yeah, our it's, music and it's, it's pretty much the way like we it or don't. It. <laughs> exactly, you know, and, I, and I think 50 that's 50. I think that's a general attitude among in the in the metal scene. Exactly. You really you have to have that. Like, if you're trying to please people, gonna you're not going to listen to <laughs> death metal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like I'll tell you this story. My buddy's girlfriend is a real hippie chick. Mm-hmm. Like she, I don't know. She's never listened to metal in her life. Like, sunshine all the time, you know, happiness. So I go over there and I show them Forced. And when, I, when we first got it released, and I'm telling her what the song's about, this girl literally walked up the stairs, sat halfway, and, like, crouched into a fetal position. Literally, she was like, who thinks of this? How does somebody think of that? And it just, it's just... It's funny. That's what we go for is the shock value. I, I, I get, I get asked. I get asked what we're. What do, what do you guys talk about on the way to shows? I'm like, we're normal people. Like, what do you, what do you think we talk? Like, we have conversations. I was like, we're not like some crazy. Like, we don't talk about like crazy. Like, we, you know, we talk, we talk about what you guys talk about. You know, we're normal people. We are humans. We just happen to like heavier music. It happens. It does happen. But I mean, you guys are known for like just with your lyrics. It's like. You gotta say something completely nuts just to get, I guess, that reaction out of the audience. Just to like say, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna take a look at this band. I'm gonna see what they actually have to say." <laughs> That's what I catch from you guys. We try. Yeah, we do put that vibe out. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I don't know. It, there's there's something exciting about sitting down and saying, "How brutal." How messed up can we make this song? Let's push that to its limit, you know. And and we're all relatively creative guys, so we come up with some interesting things. We get to expand them within the the details of the lyrics. Yeah, it's really fun just getting the just a topic, just like a spark. Yeah, and just 
brainstorming off each other. Like, the idea snowballs and snowballs. Like, what do we... What if he does this? What if he does that? And it's just... Usually it's really fun. Yeah, it's really fun. (laughs) It's strange. It's strange that we take these things so... Uh, Cavalier. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Like, people really put their heart and soul and not not that we don't we put our heart and soul into the music mm-hmm. but the lyrics are just that's funny a whole different story yeah. like some people work so hard at it and we just go about it so nonchalant but that's just, our thing. it's fun it's, it's, yeah, just, it's just different. real fun that's our thing <clears throat> oh yeah it's all about the live delivery that's that's what sets us apart I truly believe I see like Shots. what is it that you find that you feel like just you take a look at some people in the audience, you say this one line to them, and you know you're going to get a reaction. Hmm. Uh, I think the song that I introduced that gets the most negative reaction, typically, is mm-hmm. the Holocaust song. Mm-hmm. So it, that would be Decimation of the Innocent. And I typically introduce it along the lines of, uh, you know, we feel sorry for all those poor fallen Nazis. This goes yeah. out to them, or I don't something know. on the lines of line. Yeah, along the because lines of that. you know that's that. There's such an overarching offensiveness to that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we reach more people and offend more. people. But at the time, it's it, it was okay because Sam was Jewish. So I mean, right. we had one of them we, on our side. That was yeah. that was that was seriously a good excuse. Like, ah, it's okay. We got a Jewish drummer. It's no big deal. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. guy. No, look, look at him. Look at that guy. He's, Boy, he's so Jewish. I mean, we could <laughs> we could talk about the Holocaust night and day, and we could totally get away with it because we got this uh, this uh, you know this Jewish drummer over here. Mm-hmm. But we how, don't have that anymore. How do you so get a Jew- weird? How do you get it? How do you get a Jewish girl's number? Uh, Roll up her sleeve. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Shots. Now, Shots. What Burn. recording of your of yours was uh, was uh, that song on? What was Decimation? That? Decimation. Oh, yeah. That that song is one of our first songs. That was recorded back in like I would say '09. It's one of our oldest songs. Uh, hasn't been re-recorded yet, but I feel like eventually, eventually it will. It's one of our best songs. I gotta. I gotta oh yeah, in my opinion, that's usually our closing song because it's got a pretty sick ending, and yep. that was actually recorded, not the last time we recorded with uh, Forrest and all that, not our EP, but the time before that we recorded it, but we weren't too happy with those recordings, so we didn't release any of them. Yeah. I see. Now, why don't Shots. we play? All righty then. Is this live? Back on the air. On WMSC 90.3 with Atrophia, South Jersey's Metal Legends. Yes, sir. Legends? It's Atrophia. Future Legends. This apple pie is delicious. Now, I don't think we've talked about this this enough, but I mean, Penning's Orchard's Apple Pie. And Apple Cider. Delicious. It's that Penning's, man. I'm all about that Penning's. Yeah, all you need to do, man, is drive, like, about an hour and a half from here, get onto, like, 94, and you could, like, go into the place and buy it. Mm. It's as easy as that. Mm. But, like, you can't, like, they're not 24-7 yet. No way. Yet. Not yet. Yet. 
feel like I had to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you gonna you gonna make up some more questions for us? Yeah, can't believe we're still here. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, quite honestly, you, you guys are the the longest band I've had on my show. That's a live band yet. Or I mean, that's because we're the coolest. We're bums. That's don't why. don't don't lie. No, we're the only ones that would stay up this late. Now tell me, dudes. Let's say you had a genie in front of you, and you guys could pick any number of bands at any venue, anywheres. Mm. The genie's right in front of you. Mm. Tell me, what do you pick? <clears throat> no pressure. No Cannibal pressure. Cannibal Corpse. Zero's first there, yeah. Behemoth. And, yeah, but where? Keep it going. Oh, uh, to Oakland, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hometown show. Be honest, I'd like to see... You know, Led Zeppelin or the Beatles. Just for, like, you know, yeah, I don't know, Led historical. Cool. That'd be cool, yeah. I could have read that in Cosmopolitan. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Hendrix. Get the hell out of here. Nah, we're sure. not down with that, like, hologram stuff, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah no I want to see, I wanna see hologram Tupac in my living room. Uh, no. Honestly, I can dude. do that on my iPhone. Yeah, no, the show that I would go to see would be, every time I die, it would be Norma Jean while Josh Gogan was still in the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also get Botch to play, and it would be at the First Unitarian Church Ooh, in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. That's a good one. Which Very is nice. one of my absolute favorite venues. Dudes, important question. Beyond the gates are seven churches. I'd have to say seven churches. Going with Dan on this one. Seven churches. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Nick? How about you? I'm honestly just going to have to say seven. I, I haven't checked uh, we go. Beyond the Gates or Eyes of Horror yet. Like, I mean, keep in mind, I'm a real thrasher at heart, but I'm trying to explore new things. But, I mean, I spend so much time on thrash metal and black thrash that it's, like, it's difficult to appropriate time to other <laughs> Good forms of music. You only got so much time, Nick. Got to yeah. spend it where you can. That's okay. I mean, you listen to Warbringer. Yeah. Which is a wonderful, good start. See, I'm I'm more of a death thrash kind of guy. I'm like not what? not not too much into the uh, black metal scene, uh, especially like the real grimy black metal that sounds like just you know banging on a trash can, like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, if if uh, if you can appreciate any metal, metal, you got yeah. to be able to make that extra step towards black metal. I've tried, man. Believe me, I've tried. I've, I've had friends that were in the, like, dark throat. I like the blast and, beats. You know, 1349, like How you said How do you feel about sludge? Sludge metal? Yes. Yeah. Like Stop. Down? We've played with a sludgy band before. Down is great. Yeah. I mean, that's the only great way to see Phil Ensemble these days. Well, there are some modern sludge bands out there now, too. What, like Roach Powder? Like, uh... Roach no, Powder? Like, um, They're from Sweden, though. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't listened to them. But, you know, I... In if, other words, When I'm green. talking about modern sludge, I'm talking about Black Sheep Wall mm-hmm. and Admiral Angry mm-hmm. and uh, Love Sex Machine. Mm-hmm. I see. I never wow. heard of them. Just dirty, lo-fi sludge awesomeness. I don't know. It 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 uh it gets me in a way that other music doesn't. Can I honestly say I'm not too big of a fan of sludge? That's cool. 
How do you guys feel about Cookie Monster as a death metal icon? <laughs> mm. <laughs> cookie, cookie, cookie. Uh, he's definitely up there. I mean, have you ever listened to uh, Australian uh, Australian Death Machine? Austrian Death, yeah, Austrian Death. Austrian Death Machine. That's that's what I should have said. Not yet. So he has a song, and he's the drummer of Singer of Azalea Dying. Singer of Azalea Dying. Shoot. All right. So Singer of Azalea Dying has his own little side project, mm -hmm. Austrian Death Machine, and he has a song where he and quote unquote Arnold Schwarzenegger do. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, as the Terminator, do a song about Cookie Monster in a death metal <laughs> voice. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, Cookie Monster's up there, definitely. I see, I see. It's uh, Shot Shots. Uh, Chris, Chris Barnes and, you know, Cookie Monster, right up there. Mm. Death metal voices. Who's better, though? Toss-up, man. It really Honestly, is. it is. And Cookie Monster's got that stage presence. Actually, Glenn Benton probably kicks the crap out of both of them. Sorry, forgot about Glenn. Ugh. Oh well. Now, anyways, guys, what's your favorite cookie? Oh, oatmeal raisin, straight up oatmeal raisin. Chocolate chip, snickerdoodle, sugar. I like them all, man. That's not peanut butter, peanut I'll butter cookie. I'll discriminate on the cooks. Yes. You know no, you gotta you gotta get those Christmas time peanut butter cookies with the cooks, fork cookies, cooks. imprints yeah. on the top. Nah, uh, I, yeah. I'm sorry. The Christmas tree. My buddy Scott Conley, his mom, every Christmas makes the best oatmeal raisin cookies that you'll ever have, and that's that's influenced my vote by far. That's my favorite kind of cookie, oatmeal raisin. Now, would you ever make a song about food, like when you guys were hungry? <laughs> Perhaps, I mean, if there's not anything more brutal to write about, I guess we can make something about food. Well, most, you know, food, food, sex, and violence. Very good themes, and all three of them are in forced ancestral gangbangs. Forced gluttonous consumption. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Yeah, no, we, we don't have Shots. any exclusive food songs, but we should. Oh, yeah. Shots, definitely. <laughs> Now, well, forced is about incest and pizza, right? So and violence. Yeah, best of all three, I guess. Dude, Fat Burger or In and Out? What? I, I never had In and Out. <laughs> no, nah. never had never had In and Out, but I do like Fat Burger. I've never had either. What the hell is he talking about? Well, Fat Burger is you know. Cali, I had I had stop. Fat Burger when I was in Atlantic City. How could you City. like go buy a In and In and Out and well, like not well, go when in? You're li when you're living on a budget. And there's a dollar menu at McDonald's. Right. He just You'll skipped the to, uh, yeah, yeah, I was backpacking. I was yeah. backpacking, so I had to, you know, live yeah. rough. Eating out of cans and stuff. Yeah. Not cool. So, you know, dollar menu <laughs> did me well. Oh, dude. Did you get the rodeo burger? Uh, no, I didn't. Dude, but you... I did have, I did have, uh, Jack in a Box. That was good. No, but, like, I mean, you, you're on, you're in the West Coast, and you go to a Burger King, and you do not get the rodeo burger? Nah. I mean, how do you do that? I don't know, man. I like the air. That was pretty good. It's blasphemy, Ciro. Dude, you're speaking, <laughs> you're speaking Greek to me right now. I don't know about these things. Yeah, what what is man. on set rodeo burger? Barbecue sauce. It's got cattleman's barbecue sauce and an onion ring or two. Oh, I've had that. Oh, I've had that here. Not even in the West Coast. I don't, I don't know if it's called the rodeo burger. We got that around here, man. Cowboy burger or some, some crap like that. No, but I mean, it's just... 
Oh yeah. It's got to say, I'm not. Roadhouse. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, Rodeo Burger on the receipt. Hmm. Yo, tell tell this guy about the uh, PYT burger. Which one? The breakfast one. Which one? <laughs> the the waffles, yeah. Oh yeah, it was like it was uh, waffles, uh, bacon, uh, sausage, well, they're chocolate chip uh, waffles, um, chocolate syrup, all that, all one thing, mm-hmm. kind of like a sandwich deal. American cheese. American cheese. I'd mess <laughs> that thing up. Something serious. Not gonna lie. Uh, if you couldn't tell, we we like food. We we like food, and we also like to sacrifice a certain plant to the fire god. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Catch my gr- drift. No, there's no drift to be caught. <laughs> <coughs> That's good. Now, if you could wish for another food to be in this room right now, what would you wish for? Bacon. <laughs> no, but we, we've gone on about bacon. I mean, we all would wish for bacon, but what else besides bacon? Creamed spinach. Yeah, this guy This guy is like a big big mm. cream spinach fan. Dude, you don't understand. We were on the road hitting, huh. a, hitting a show up, and we stopped at a place where they had a Boston market, so I got myself a nice little yeah, we, nice little tub of cream spinach. And we just we all go in the subway and get hoagies <laughs> like normal people. Hey! <laughs> he comes, he comes out with a bowl of cream spinach. I mean, I can't knock him. He gave me a bite and it was banging. It's so, so I can't, good. I can't knock him. So good. And that uh, possibly good for you. Good for you. I'd have to say I want some, uh, some combos. In yeah. The, in this piece right here. Yo, combos. Combos, would be combos are like my favorite snack food, straight up. I like Andy Caps hot fries. Yeah. Mm. They're good. Or give me some Annie Ann's pretzels right now. Oh, yo, my sister works at Annie Ann's. Woo! Every day when she works, they're fresh. Woo! <laughs> and I get the dips. I got, like, all the dips. Probably, like, 400 of each one. <laughs> marinara. You know, they vary. Marinara, mm-hmm. hot, cheese, chocolate, you know, glaze. I'm not going to get into the details. Just, you know. Bang your cheese. Alrighty then. Alright, alright. And finishing all right. things off. Alright. Tell me, guys, mm. would making a song about somebody falling into a wood chipper make a good Atrophia song? A perfect. Of course. Yeah, perfect. It would just have to. Duh. We'd have to add something. That's yeah. It, it would have to be some sort of innocent, like a, it would have to be a, a sweet little lady or, or an old person or or, or some some kind of poor defenseless animal. Yeah, we got to make that more offensive somehow. Well, maybe who's offended by wood chippers? Hmm. Trees. <laughs> this song's for trees. Nobody else listen to it. Greenpeace might be. Greenpeace. Yeah, true. Maybe we could do a whale getting fed into a wood chipper. That see brainstorming. There you go. There it is. Excellent. And this has been the WMSC interview of Atrophia. Thank you very much. Tune in soon enough, and I'll have a posted on my Twitter and Facebook account. Woo!